Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pause Reviews Podcast, the podcast where Tim and I just wade through the depths of all your streaming choices to help you find something awesome to watch and save you from just binging another episode of The Office on uh, Peacock. Is that where it is now? Who has, Probably. Who has Peacock? I do have Peacock because so of Xfinity. I have yeah. I have Xfinity Internet, so I get Peacock yep. for free. Yep. But if it wasn't for that, <laughs> I'm starting to become very guilty of like, oh yeah, I have that, and I don't use it. We're paying for Discovery Plus now, and I forget to watch it. No, that's a <laughs> that's a mistake. Why Discovery Plus? Because uh, we wanted to watch Crikey, It's the Irwins. The what? Crikey, It's the Irwins. It's about Steve Irwin's wife and his kids, and they run the Australia Zoo. It's fascinating. Oh, yeah, that sparks <laughs> zero desire or interest in me. Although I do hey. know the Irwin girl just had a baby, I think, right? She did. She's my baby's best friend, according to my wife. What? Now, with yeah. you, for all I know, your wife's cousin is actually <laughs> was maid of honor at the at the girl Irwin's no. wedding and no, no. you guys are loosely related somehow so in in, in a much younger <laughs> you life, and and the boy Irwin are Eskimo brothers that's and- so true <laughs> no Carissa at one point you know early on and you know what do you want to be when you grow up really had an idea of being a marine biologist so she has a soft spot for like wildlife conservation mm, and- sure um, so we stumbled upon the show. It's just really wholesome. It's really nice in a world of garbage. Mm. Uh, it's just kind of nice to see them helping animals and, uh, they run the zoo and the animal hospital and they're just really positive, nice people. Um, if, if it wasn't $60 imported from Australia, we'd buy the, our baby some khakis, um, cause they're selling like little khaki baby clothes now because of their baby. For $60? Yeah, it's something ridiculous like that. Oh I mean, the money God. goes to wildlife conservation, supposedly. Yeah. And so. in the little front pocket, there's like a stingray stinger in it. <laughs> no. God, we're yes. going to cut that. Um, <laughs> dude, so I got us. So we're back. <laughs> we are back. This is the first time we've recorded anything in, well, audio recorded a podcast yeah. episode. Are we pushing like three, two and a half months, maybe? I don't know. Because, I mean, <laughs> we did a couple of weeks of the video shows on, on IG Live, yep. but it's been a minute. I am I have been genuinely nervous, like, all yeah. day, but also excited. So there's just adrenaline coursing through my veins. So, so I mean, if you want to know our best laid plans, we were going to, you know, do the videos <laughs> up until Frank got moved in. For like three and, weeks. And then we were going to be right back to it. Yep. This coincides with the fact that we thought we could, you know, demo all of Frank's garage, re-drywall it, mud it, and paint it, among other things, in like two weekends. Yeah. Yeah, we're <laughs> like two weekends and a day and we still haven't even finished the first part of that project. No, we so. did. We finished the demo. Oh, we have that part. Yeah. <laughs> we did No, listen. We, you're fair, spot we on. That, we did get that done in a day. We did. And that was hands down the best part. 
Yes. The rest of it has been awful. Um, yeah. So basically, the initial plan was I was I was moving. Things were getting stressful. You guys remember in the last couple of episodes, I was uh, I was really like I was having a hard time, and yeah. and so we decided to go on break and just do some casual IG live shows. While I finished packing up, moved into the new house, I even gave myself like an extra week. I said, I have everything set up and we'll get back to episodes. I think we said we would air our first episode back like April 29th. Yeah, I think that's right. Right. And so here we are on May 24th mm-hmm. <laughs> recording our first episode that's going to air on like May 28th or 7th yep. or something. Yep. And so everything... I am an awful, apparently, I'm a terrible judge of, I pride, here's the thing, I really pride myself on being realistic, right? Yeah. Like, it, it, to the point where it drives my wife crazy. I'm the guy, you know, Alyssa will say, oh, let's do this. And I'm like, oh, but that means we've got to go get gas, go buy this, figure this out all in two days. Like, that's not doable, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, especially when, you know, people are coming to visit or people coming over. This hasn't been a problem in, in pushing <laughs> right. a year and a half. But still, and, and so I, I pride myself on that. But yet with this, dude, I grossly underestimated <laughs> how long it was going to take. I mean, my house still isn't set up. The studio is just now at a point. To be fair, I ran into some major hurdles. Like, the computer and stuff was set up. I could have had the equipment. But when I ran a test run, the audio quality was abysmal because I'm in a new room and it is so different. It's it's an awkward shape. It is, it's just, it was just pinging off the walls. So, you know, I needed some time to kind of get things in order there. But uh, anyway, it has been an interesting couple of weeks. We are totally not prepared for this episode. But honestly, I needed it back in my life. I have genuinely missed just i mean this this hasn't stopped we right. <laughs> we talked at least every other day if not daily about whatever we watched yes. so the the show has been ongoing in private it's been a, right. a podcast with an audience of two although i will say i have definitely fallen into the habits that we try and prevent in people which has been like yep eh I'm just going to watch what we do in the shadows for the third time through because I I don't feel like putting any effort into it. Or I watched all of Better Call Saul that I could find again for the second time through. So (laughs) I definitely need the, the, um, the you crave structure. Yeah. Yeah. The structure and the motivation direction. That's perfect to, Um, start start finding some some stuff I haven't seen again um, and putting some effort into that because things get a little stale. Yeah, I would say though too, it is nice sometimes to get a break where you can. It's it can be exhausting when you're yeah because we take a lot of shots in the dark, right? We yes. we yes. we roll the dice on things, and there are days where you just want you just do want to sit back and watch that comfort food thing. Yep. And and when you're trying to prep episodes and that kind of stuff, we don't always have enough time to do that because we've yep. gotta we gotta account for the misses before yep. we find the gems. Um, but anyways, but that being said, this went way too long, and and I think yeah, like you say, we're both 
ready and eager to get back to work and so excited to be back with all of you. And so for our first episode back, we're just going to kick it off with kind of what we've been watching, what we've been, you know, doing and, and treat this kind of like a rewind yeah. and then uh, just get back into the flow of things Yep. and then and then go from there. So uh, so that being said. Let's dive in. This week, we're going to chat about a few things. We're going to talk about some Disney Plus stuff. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. some of these Marvel miniseries that have been dropping in the time that we've been away. Um, yep. We're going to talk about Love, Death, and Robots Season 2. LDR, yeah. the first season, Tim and I devoured that. We poured over those episodes. We yep. really broke things down just amongst ourselves. And We've done some stuff on the podcast, but that all came out before this. Yeah. Um, and season two has dropped in the time we've been away, and so mm-hmm. something that we want to chat about there. And then we'll spend a few minutes just kind of running through a few little things that we've all been sort of wasting time with uh, yeah. in, in the downtime. Oh, by the way, before we kick off, can I just say I officially watched yesterday, last night, I could not sleep, and I watched the worst movie I have ever seen Ooh. in my entire life. And Ooh. Tim, I have seen bar, some bad movies. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, it was. It's on Amazon Prime Video right now. And you know what? As I watched it, I think I had seen it. I know I'm off script, but <laughs> we we've got a we've got a few minutes um, yes. <laughs> before we got to move on. Oh, that's the other thing. We're gonna really try to keep the episodes to an hour now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's driven. It's called driven. Have you seen this movie? This is it's it's from the two thousands, like the early two thousands, maybe. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, the kid from Remember the Titans who plays Sunshine, the quarterback who transfers to TC Williams. Yeah. Whose name I don't know. Estella Warren. Do you remember when she was almost a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Till Schweiger, I think uh-huh. is his name. The guy yep. from Inglorious Bastards. Yep. Um, yep. Anyways, it's it's like a Formula One movie, and the kid from Remember the Titans is this rookie guy. Till plays, you know, the old vet. And then, and then Sly is the old washed up racer who they bring in to mentor the kid. Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds yeah. is in it. Uh, Gina Gershon is in it. Like there are some people. It is absolute trash. What like, is this? listen, it's I can't even ex- the the random party scenes, the music, the and Sly wrote it. Right, like Sly wrote Rocky Creed. Like he's a good writer. I'm not saying he's a great actor. (laughs) I'm not saying all of his stuff is excellent. And chock full of uh, cameos from actual drivers. Oh yeah, race techs. Oh my god. Now you know Sly is famous for like he writes. You know, one day he woke up. He's like, oh man, it'd be cool to go sit in a Formula One car. I'll write a movie about it. And sell it, and I'll have to star in it, and I'll get to meet all these guys, right? Because he really fancies himself like yeah. a proper athlete. And uh, anyways, but the movie is all over the place. It is awful. I highly recommend everybody watch it on Amazon Prime, just so you know what I'm talking about. Oh, God, it sounds and looks terrible. Dude, I would love to hear from anybody who loves this movie, or even likes it, just to under, just to try to understand. Like, you know, uh, D- Days of Thunder is bad enough, right? <laughs> but that's that's like a great guilty pleasure type movie. 
This yeah. movie can't even do that. This it's not even on the list. I just had to put it out there because I just had to talk about it. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I had to unload this burden. And I would love Tim. You have to watch it. We oh, you God. have to tell me next time that we record, which will be a couple of weeks from now, because uh, we've oh, got God. a few in the can. But yep. you've got to you. We've got to see. I got to know what you think. And and people gotta. I I, I want to hear from from listeners if you've seen the movie Driven or go to Amazon Prime Video, watch it. Please tell me what you think. It is <sighs> awful, awful. Anyways, all right, let's jump in. What do we want to start with? Do we want to start with LDR or do we want to start with Disney Plus? Uh, let's start with the superhero stuff. We, we, all right. I, you know, I was in a little bit of a superhero kick because we our last we were going to do a live stream where we were going to kind of go down the the, the Justice League. Zach oh Snyder, yeah, that's still like, going to happen. Yeah, so um, I did find myself in a little bit of a superhero rabbit hole, which is big for me because I did get through Batman versus Superman and then the 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 Whedon cut of of Justice, Justice League. League. So uh, we'll save those for for another time. But Carissa came to me and she was like, "Hey." What's the deal with this WandaVision? She started watching something on Facebook TV, because they have their own shows, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Elizabeth Olsen was in. And she, like, is a Mary-Kate and Ashley, like, fangirl from, like, back in the day. Because she, you know, we kind of grew up with them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and You're not like, that much younger than me, and yet we constantly find our... You're a year <laughs> younger than me, I Tim. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... I, yeah, I, I mean, feel like I was too old for Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Well, so I you mean like when they it, were in like New York Minute or It Takes Two? Well, some of that I think. Well, I, and I'm talking mainly for Carissa at this point. But like you know, right. she we grew up on Full House, obviously. Like that was around the time. Sure, you know? sure. Um, but you know, then she was babysitting and stuff like that, and she has a, a much more. Um, you know, innocent taste in shows around our younger uh, ages than she than, skews than we do. towards the younger movies. Yeah, yeah. So she always really liked them growing up, um, and then she so she found this the show with Elizabeth Olsen, and then wanted to know about WandaVision. And I was like, I'll tell you what I know, which is what I've read. But this is literally the last show I ever thought you would bring to my attention to want to watch. <laughs> so I think the first night we sat down to watch it. And like I knew the gist of it, I knew that they were, you know, from the Marvel universe. I knew that it, and what intrigued me about it was the ode to television, right? Yes, yes. And so I was like, I think I can kind of get behind this. And a lot of this has to do with Disney's marketing. Like it, it was everywhere; the the clips were everywhere. And I thought they did a good job with the marketing to kind of make it a mass appeal. So the first night we sit down to watch it, and I think I texted you. I was like, so. WandaVision if we're gonna watch this how lost are we gonna be and I think your first response was very (laughs) (laughs) which I mean I think is fair if you're talking about the actual Marvel content of the show which and I think I remember I must I probably texted you like 10,000 words about okay the snap has happened do you know what the snap is then this and the blip and the that and the blah 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 We, we, we were okay like I, I, you know, it was it was some of it when she would ask more detailed questions that I knew were bigger than that, and I'd be like, uh, I'm I'm sort of feeling my way through this, like because yeah. I'm you know enough up on pop culture that I know the vein of things and I know the big events, um, 
but then we start talking about motivations for characters, and I'm like, ah! But, that said, coming from an outside perspective, I really enjoyed the show. That's fascinating, yeah. And she even turned to me, she's like, so are the rest of the Marvel movies like this? Because I thought this was a lot of fun, but it also wasn't heavy on the superhero stuff. And I was like, well, what do you think? The rest of them are very heavy on the superhero stuff. Right. And not as much into the kind of fun, quirky comedy that a lot of these episodes were. Right. Um, so as, as far as appealing to a broader, never seen a Marvel movie audience, it actually did a really good job. And it was really enjoyable to watch those episodes and, and a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's interesting because I come to it from the flip side of that coin. Exactly. Which is having seen every single Marvel movie. Now, I do not tout myself to be a Marvel expert. In fact, uh, I just did, and we're going to get to this in a second, but I just watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier with mm-hmm. my cousin, right? We were watching it over teleplay or, or whatever it is. Yeah. And um, he is well-versed in in the comics in the in the 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 backstories and the lore and just everything that fuels this content my my, admittedly my entire experience with marvel i would say you know besides you know x-men or things like that here and that I, i watched or read as a kid but in terms of the cinematic universe it comes solely from the movies i have very little background knowledge from any of the source material, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's plenty of things, Easter eggs, characters, whatever, where even I, uh, I would go to my cousin and be like, yo, Steven, who's this person? Or why is this, is, is this, you know, canon? And he would yeah. explain to me whatever. But coming from just the, the cinematic universe, seeing all the movies, whatever, WandaVision, it was, for me, it was both a disappointment and really enjoyable and okay. and i know that feels like a bit of a cop-out but because i feel like wandavision was was two things in one right? sure it is part of the mcu and as part of the mcu i felt like it was less than right okay and yeah. and, and a lot of what i had talked to you about was you know the things that you may or may not understand are what makes the marvel movies and and superhero movies in general so good is amazing character development mm-hmm. and, and these stories are really emotional human stories masquerading as superheroes right the mm-hmm. the superhero mm-hmm. element is just you know the the icing on the cake but the yeah. but the meat behind it is really these human stories and and what makes them so good is how can you tell such a human story with non-humans it's it's yeah. fascinating and so a big part of that that we discussed was the relationship between Wanda and Vision, right? Mm-hmm. This love that they had, this this horrific thing they had to experience together, but mainly Wanda, which has driven her in, in where we find her now. Yeah. And I think I just explained that simply to you by saying, imagine that you killed your wife. <laughs> right. And then this guy brought her back to life to kill her in front of you again, right? And, yeah, and, right. And, and, and that you're pain did nothing to prevent the great pain that was coming but yet right. also then you blip and and i told like one of the greatest scenes is that when wanda blips in the snap is almost a look of relief like mm-hmm. i don't have to live with this and now she has suddenly found herself back living with this again 
and yeah. and it's so there's a lot of that there that I think I think I don't know that I was fully satisfied with the Marvel story of WandaVision. I'm not, you know, towards the end it got pretty good and interesting, mm-hmm. but it, it all kind of felt B squad. It all kind of felt which considering that both Wanda and Vision were in it, it, it just it felt less than well and i i think what i would feel from that given the story is that you know she's trying to escape that larger universe mm-hmm. right to a degree and so it almost feels like it's out in some ways it's outside of that because it's like how distant can we be i mean she's isolated herself right in this town and even i think i feel like for the first couple episodes made an effort not to use her her magic right it was like we're gonna try and do things normally and so you're almost burying the, the the superhero elements of it right for for a lot of the um for a lot of the earlier episodes. And again, that's why Carissa liked it because, um, you know, and then even when it does, it almost borderlines more on a supernatural elements because she's a witch and she ends up battling another witch. And so even when you're introducing that kind of fun superhero esque stuff to it, it's still not blatantly superhero. And I think that very thing is what allows the second part of what WandaVision is to really shine and I think it's what maybe uh, I don't want to speak for you but I think it's what you guys found really enjoyable and and it's what I also found really enjoyable which was this love story this love song to television yeah and and the history of television and and each episode is is done in the style of a of a very definitive sitcom of Mm -hmm. a decade right so we yep. start with like Dick Van Dyke and we move into, you know, kind of like the Wonder Years type stuff and then into like Malcolm in the Middle and into, you know, what and there's a lot in between and I'm skipping yeah. a bunch. It's just whatever comes to mind. But and they are impeccably shot. Like oh, yeah. it feels my favorite. You talked about Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen in Full House, but there's yeah. the episode that is kind of like Full House, step by step, those, you know, TGIF years yep. where, you know, it was the music and, and the parents are like, oh, sit down, kids. You know, dad is really, you know, and it was on a very special, blah, blah, blah. And it was, yep. and they did it beautifully. So even if the content, from the Marvel perspective felt less than the, the storytelling was sensational and it totally carried me through any disappointment I had. And it seems like it carried you through any ignorance that you had. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was so much fun to see and then go back afterwards, you know, what each episode really was. And I I think I was pretty close for most of them. I didn't realize that some of them sort of straddle the line a little bit, or maybe would subtly change through the episode. But it's like, they did a great job of making the sets very evocative of what they were like clearly this episode was the brady bunch right the way the stairs were just the way the 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 rooms were set up their clothes were perfect you know i I, the only thing i think in that episode could have been better if vision had hair and given him like the mike brady perm would have been awesome right um but 
even just the situations that they find themselves in, like the, one of the, I think the first or second episode is they're cooking dinner for Vision's boss. Like, yeah, that's that like is, the Dick Van Dyke episode. Yeah, totally out of Dick Van Dyke or Bewitched or something like that. Yes. Like, 100%. Um, and so it was really, I, I mean, like you said, I grew up watching those. It's, I, I fall asleep to TV Land and Nick at Night Nick at and night. all of that yes. stuff. So. Just to see that and done well where it wasn't cheesy and it worked really, really well for, for the the episodes was a lot of fun. And it did. It did carry me through that ignorance um, where, you know, we could just just know enough to, to keep us going. And it was funny. A lot of it was so funny. Absolutely. Um, I think the funniest moment for me was later in the episode or later in the season, Wanda's expanding the perimeter of her her bubble right her sphere of influence over the surrounding areas mm-hmm. and it's taken over the um the sword camp and as the as the people in the sword camp are getting sucked into her 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 magic they turn into a circus and clowns and all these soldiers like snap into clowns it was hilarious i thought it yeah. was so funny um but it just had these moments where they were just a lot of fun. That there was a Halloween episode, you know, a holiday special episode for Halloween, which was great. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think if you're hesitant because you're like, oh, I haven't seen you know any Marvel stuff, a little bit of background research, I think you can get through it really well. Yeah, and if nothing else, there is something to appreciate and yes. enjoy because it is really well done. It's it is one of the mini series that that Marvel was putting out that I was looking forward to the least. And yeah. I was really, really surprised with how much I enjoyed it, despite being a little yeah. bit disappointed in in the, in the some of the storyline elements themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's just a part of you sometimes that just says, the Infinity Saga was brilliant. Like, yeah. let's let these characters go and move on, you know, with, with other things. But, but no, I, I wouldn't, I, I definitely wouldn't skip it, and I loved it. And I think yeah. that feeds in, you know, well, too, just to touch on briefly, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as as a point of contrast. Mm-hmm. You know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is very much, come is approached in a much more cinematic way. Yeah. Right? And I you haven't seen this one yet. Yeah, but it I, is, I, didn't, I didn't think it would be worth it for us to try and figure that one out. Well, and I think, again, with a little bit of research... You you could because you essentially it's like Cap is not here anymore, right? Captain America is no more, right? It's unclear. Is he dead? Is he gone? Is he here? Is he there? And I kind of like that they leave that up to the imagination. We as an audience have never seen him actually die, right? We've mm-hmm. seen him grow old and, and whatever, but we haven't seen him die. So where's Cap? I don't know. The The mantle now needs to move on. And so you kind of come into it. You can... You could enter this story fresh because mm-hmm. you just operate with that assumption and now you're just seeing who's going to be next, right? Yeah. I think it does a great job at being accessible to new audiences coming into the MCU late. Um, I, I don't know how many there are. <laughs> like, if anything, people are heading out. <laughs> like, right. We're, we're kind of, we're all set. Um, you know, but it is much more cinematic. It is, it is big sequences, big fight scenes, uh, big storylines that really tie into a history, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, it's, and it's great uh, in, in what it is. Um, again, I feel like there are characters and moments where 
things just don't quite pay off. There's mm. there's this one there's this one character in Falcon Winter Soldier, a soldier whose name I can't even think of, and and we meet him in the very first episode, and he's kind of helping out Sam Falcon, you know, do some you know stuff, some Falcon stuff, <laughs> and uh, and and we see him like one other time midway through, and then he kind of pops up at the end to the point where when you see him in the last episode, you're like, you were absolutely pointless why are you in this show you contributed nothing like you could have been a robot like you could have been a phone call there's He's that guy who shows up at the last day of your group project and takes credit for everything i guess yeah except i don't know i feel like this dude was just like look i i don't deserve any of it like it's fine <laughs> and so uh you know anyways but that being said it, it's much more a continuation of the story Mm. Uh, while accessible to new people, it, it does it it furthers the narrative that we've all watched through the Infinity Saga, which I think is is the the opposite approach, but also successfully done. It's it's really watchable. I would argue, ironically enough, for me, the more compelling storyline was Winter Soldier. I think mm. he's just a much more complex, troubled, darker character who I think his redemption process pays off a bit more. Whereas the Falcons really focuses much more on the social justice and all that kind of stuff that we're as a as a nation and as a world going through right now, which is so important. And I think the representation is important. But, you know, I will say that also does make it a little bit harder to watch simply because this is not the show that you pick up when you want to get away. Right? Mm-hmm. This is not where you get lost into a world, you immerse yourself in something different to escape your reality and the day-to-day world. This is something that you watch when you kind of want to dive into that stuff because the storyline really centers heavily on that. Um, yeah. So I would give that sort of heads up, not as a caution to, to steer anyone away because I think it's it's pretty it's really well done. Um, but if you're looking for something that sort of takes you out of the news, mm-hmm. this ain't it. But if mm. you want something that addresses that head on in a great way and, and in an empowering way, yeah, this will scratch that itch. So, so I do put that out there because it's not, you know, it ain't WandaVision, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I've seen people talking about needing more of that sitcom element in, in their lives right now because yes. it's, you know reality is is pretty difficult to live in at the moment so yeah i mean i've definitely found myself in that boat yeah many a nights doing exactly what we try not to do right yeah i am just powering through rules of engagement on stars right now yeah yeah shows just simple (laughs) yeah It's, it's easy just to turn your brain off yeah so i think at the end of the day a massive testament to what disney has done in making these things accessible, in making them entertaining and engaging, while also, you know, furthering storylines. And, and you can kind of, and you could take it or leave it, right? Yeah. You sort of, yeah. it is what it is. It doesn't, you know, if you jump into the next phase, phase five or whatever the thing is mm-hmm. going to be, you know, I don't think not seeing these if you just kind of want to move on is sure. going to cost you much. Well, and I think they've done a good job with that with Mandalorian too, right? Like yes. I don't, I don't know that you need a ton of star Wars knowledge to come into the Mandalorian. Um, and 
you can sort of take it or leave it. And I don't even think, you know, yes, there's going to be some spinoff esque shows coming from the Mandalorian, but even then I don't think it's, it's, you know, a, a, a must watch if, you know, you're, you're just in the major cinematic star Wars universe. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's worth a watch. I think it says a lot that you enjoyed it and Carissa mm-hmm. enjoyed it. And so, yeah. so yeah, man, the WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the uh, the Marvel miniseries that are airing now, Loki comes out next, um, you know. And, and so if, if these two are precursors and, and tell us anything, it's that I think these are all going to be worth a watch. I think yeah. these are definitely worth a watch. Cool. Um, so, yeah, let's spend a couple minutes, maybe, you know, 10 minutes or so, uh, dabbling with... Love, Death, and Robots Season 2. Tim, maybe bring us into this one. How stoked were you for this? I was super excited because I think this is when you and I really started to click on like, hey, we've got some pop culture, you know, kind of sentimentalities driving here. And um, I remember you were super excited about it. And you actually sent me an email, which I, I had like, pinned for a couple of days because it was a reference point of like hey watch these and this is kind of how you and i were operating for a while early on Uh, we did the same thing with black mirror like hey watch these if you're feeling it maybe go to these right and i I think uh we watched a couple black mirror and then i think we both decided we weren't into it (laughs) but um with this you know you did a, a full breakdown of like hey these are like the three four five like gotta watch these these are brilliant and might have been closer to three um but and then like if you really liked those these are good these are watchable these are fun Eh. and then the chunk of like these were just direct i ended up watching all of them I, i think in that order that um that you had suggested um or I, they also netflix was experimenting with like random order viewing too yeah. i think of that so like different logins like you know you might get them in a different order than i did um so we sort of just kind of played with that and they were great i mean each one was you know what eight to maybe 20 minutes at long i can't remember how long some of the those ones went yeah uh, ranging in different topics, you know, all loosely around, you know, sci-fi stuff, you know, love, death, robots. It all kind of fits into each episode. Right. Uh, but they were so much fun. Different animation style, um, different story, concise storytelling. Um, you know, some of them I could take or leave the animation style, but you could see that people were trying different things. You know, there was hyper real, there was super stylized, there was more anime style, there's more computer generated. Some looked like video games that I would have loved to gone back and play through and things like that. Um, and at the end of the day, you could discuss them and they were fun. And, um, you know, you could find talk about the things you didn't like and the three you did like. I actually found myself watching uh, one of my favorite ones from that one the other day, again, was Three Robots. That one was hilarious. Love that one. And I didn't even know, realize which one I was watching because it just came, it started randomly playing on Netflix. And I was like, oh, this isn't one of the good ones. And I was like, oh, yeah, it is. Like, because it starts, <laughs> totally fakes you out. It has like this much different opening like 30 seconds than than you're expecting um so i was super excited and we've been waiting for a long time for these like and we knew we knew this yeah we knew this was coming two years ago and i really couldn't wait because i feel like they were doing such a good job with these like 
short vignette storytelling. And, uh, you know, even if you didn't like it, it was over in eight minutes. <laughs> Move on to the next one. That being said, we both had very high expectations for this season. Yep. And that was our first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're spot on. And and just to put this out there, if anyone's interested, if you haven't seen season one and you're curious about this list that I created for Tim, I did do a breakdown on our Instagram of the the best, the okay, mm-hmm. and the worst of yeah. uh, Love, Death, and Robots season one you know, months ago. And yeah, yeah. But it's up there, so if you scroll through our Instagram feed, um, you know, if you go to the profile page or whatever it is and you can see all of our posts, you scroll down, you'll see a couple of, you know, LDR stuff. And, uh, and you can see the breakdown that I gave Tim. And yep. you're absolutely right. This is, Tim and I had been, we, you know, we worked together at the time. And, you know, we chatted in passing and we chatted a bit and whatever. But this was sort of the first test of our friendship. <laughs> which, when I sent this email, Tim came back and was like, epic, let's do this. Whereas most people would be like, who the hell is this guy who breaks <laughs> this stuff down so intensely? And uh, And that's when I knew. I was like... This is a guy who gets it. We can yeah. have these conversations. Um, so with all that, yeah, man, season two, uh, it really it really missed the mark. First of all, m- much, much shorter. Yeah. Right? We're talking like eight episodes, whereas season one was like 18 vignettes. Yep. It was easily much longer. And really leaving no room for error to the point that, hey – if you had told me like six months after season one that like these were the runner ups, right? Like these right. are the ones that didn't make the cut for season one. Like these are the B sides. Yes. Like if this was a bonus content season, like. Yeah. Yes. That would make so much sense. I, there's argument for one, maybe two of these to replace something in season one. But. I would have been much more okay with you telling me that these were the cast-offs. You know, like, hey, we had hundreds and hundreds of submissions and we called them down. That was the best of the best. Here's kind of, you know, runner-up. Yeah, to hold you over while we develop season two proper. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. And I think that it was, there was, of all eight, there was only one that I actually enjoyed. It was all through the house, the Christmas episode. It was brilliant. Loved it. And I think I even texted you, I was like, I just found the one that is good. And and even watching, I was like, oh, Tim's going to dig this one. Yeah. But I hated every single other one. Now, season one got a lot of criticism, a lot, for uh, poor representation of women, Mm -hmm. uh, misogyny, um, Mm -hmm you know, hypersexualization mm-hmm. um, and all of this true. I, I yeah. understand those conversations. I feel like season two went hard the other way to yes. try to avoid that. Yep. Which, and I get it and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I think it also came at the expense of the storytelling. Yeah. The stories themselves were not interesting. They were, they were, there was nothing unique, but and I don't mean from season one. I even mean from each other. There were multiple episodes in season two that felt identical to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I think about the you know, the one where like the vacuum is trying to kill the lady and then where the the robot is trying to kill 
Michael B. Jordan, right? And it's like, uh-huh. these are the exact same stories. All you've done is change the setting and the tone. Yes. Right? One is trying yes. to be funny. One is trying to be serious, but it's exactly the same. There were multiple times where you'd be following a narrative. And then in the end, you were like, wait a minute. That doesn't pay off at all. At like, all. nothing. They just drop whole storylines. There was a great episode that I thought I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this one where it was a futuristic world where, you know, people can live forever. But if you choose to have kids like, yes. you know, like you weren't really supposed to have kids. I think because that one's called you, Pop Squad. Yeah. If you I wasn't quite sure what happens, like why they killed people who had kids and then subsequently killed the kids. And that's well, you the start aging when you have a kid, when you have a kid. Now, I think what I understood was there was a world where like like, um, you know, it's population control. Yeah. Right? So like you could have children if sanctioned or whatever by the government, mm-hmm. but that there were people who were having kids sort of naturally on their own and then hiding. And so they couldn't allow that. Right. Like those were unsanctioned births. Yeah. And and, and I, apparently some part of the process is if you have kids, then you age, you can no longer be immortal. So. All of that's like, okay, there's a lot going on here. And you're following the story from the point of view of somebody who goes around killing these illegitimate kids, let's call them, right? Sure. Of the of these illegitimate births. And you you're following his story, it's getting good, and then he just gets shot and it's over. And you're like, why did I need to see this story? And that's what I got for most of it. I was like, why was this a story that needed to be told? Yes. What was I supposed to learn from this? Where in season one, I felt like everything was so concise. Like this is the story. I've got X amount of time. And I told a complete story without introducing too much, without having any, uh, uh, so many questions. And there was a good payoff, right? It's like a nice, quick joke. Whereas the setup in all of these there's so many questions. I have so many questions. And then you just cut the lights out on me. Every time I got to the end, I never saw a single episode, maybe with the exception of all through the house mm-hmm. where I, I, I craved more. Yes. Right. Like when I yes. think about season one, like Sunny's edge, I was like, Oh, if this was a movie or a series, I would watch it. Like, yep. I want to know more about yep. these people who tap into these monsters but here's this one person who is her consciousness is the monsters and like you know things like like it was fascinating they they had proper beginnings middles and ends yep. that left you in the end feeling satisfied for the most part there yeah. were five or six that were on my list of burnt these are mm-hmm. awful mm-hmm. which is perhaps the same here right Six or seven, which are awful in season two. Unfortunately, there's only seven or eight episodes. Yep. So you only end up with one good one. Whereas at least yep. in season one, six misses out of 18 gives you 12 watchable and like three to five really solid stories. And again, with that, we also didn't get the depth of animation style, right? I felt like right. a lot of them trended at least three, maybe four. So almost half. We're hyper-realistic. Yeah, and there's one that looks exactly like Zima Blue. Several of yeah. the hyper-realistic ones. It's hard to know yep. if they're the same anime, but it's certainly the same style. Yeah, and to the point where I'm like, did you just do this because you 
didn't want to pay like for real actors. Like I just yeah. that gets lost on me at that point. Like, why did you choose animation then? Like, can't you accomplish the same story within the context of like a cooler looking animation? And then even some of the cooler animation ones, the stories were just garbage and uh, it just didn't do anything. I think what you, what you said is spot on. It's like the fruit stripe gum of shows. It's amazing for that short period of time. And then you want, then you want more so you pop another piece right and you can move on quick and the only one that really let me wanting another piece was was all through the house i called you right afterwards and we spent probably triple the time of the episode yes. talking about that then a than seven the minute short we probably yeah. had a 40 minute conversation about <laughs> yes yes and the rest of them were like one word text like saw it it's fine <laughs> meh yeah uh, you know, the, the only one that might have been good was Tall Grass. I think that was the one right before All Through the House. I liked potential. The, I liked the animation style. Yes. It drew from folklore-esque elements that I was familiar with, but just didn't pay off and just didn't really go anywhere. Just kind of ended. There were You and I spent a little bit of time talking about that one because I felt like there were ways that you could have made it more interesting or more dramatic because it had elements in the beginning and then it just petered out. Yeah. And that one had no death, no robots and no love. (laughs) Just, just grass, (laughs) just grass. Yeah. And weird things. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil them or anything, but I, you know, look, if you're a fan of season one, I'd be curious to know what your thoughts were on season two. I absolutely yeah. hated it. I yep. think if you're curious at all, check out season one, skip season two, maybe with the exception, and not maybe, I highly recommend the one short, the one vignette all through yeah. the house. Yep. I just think it was, it was clever. It was funny. It was creepy. It was weird. It was twisted. Like if you're a fan of that kind of, just this weird take on such a, such an established <laughs> folklore and, and, and whatever, like it is, it is just so weird and crazy. And I loved it. I absolutely yep. loved it. I think hours after we talked, we still had texts going back and forth about, wait, but what about this part? Yeah, what what is now? (laughs) (laughs) What about Cole? What about that? Yeah, dude, I'm telling you. And and it's the perfect amount of that. It's the perfect amount of, I want to know more, but you also satisfied me in those seven minutes. It is is awesome storytelling. I highly recommend that episode. And then- just sit back and wait. We already know season three is coming out next year. We don't have to wait two years for it. But, yeah. I mean, just praying that it's better. Because uh, there was something special about season one. If nothing yeah. else, it sparks a lot of conversation. Yep. And and that's one of the best things about what we do here. Like, the yeah. reason we exist is because this stuff is fun to talk about. Season two, besides that one episode... Not fun to talk about, and I nope. don't recommend it on a whole. Nope. Uh, speaking of things to talk about, anything else that you've come across in the last couple of weeks? Yes, sir. Worth a mention. Yeah, as we wrap up, I do want to give a shout out to uh, my brother-in-law, Peter, um, Elissa's brother. Mm-hmm. I have two brothers-in-law, so it's this one. 
Yeah. Peter. And uh, <laughs> so big shout out to him. He has been hounding me for a while. And it just with the move and everything, it's been hectic. But he kept calling and saying, you need to watch this show called Made for Love on HBO okay. Max. Yeah, it stars, I, saw, I saw a trailer for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it stars, what's her name? Uh, Kristen Milioti? Yep, yep. So it's got Kristen Milioti, uh, Ray Romano, and then people that you recognize but don't really know who they are. Sure. Um, And so it, it is, I really don't want to spoil any of it. I will say this. It is, he... <laughs> This dude likes some weird stuff. So Peter Peter's responsible for us watching uh, an evening with Beverly Laughlin, uh, and right, like he's he's just in that vein of just really weird stuff. He's a weird dude, and so who I love to death. But Peter, <laughs> you know you're weird, and so uh, he uh, he recommended this one. I put it on hesitantly one night because I actually had a night, and I was like. You know, for Peter to to even call me to make a recommendation is a big deal. It's mm. like you know he's he's a he's a quiet guy. So him him to really come out and be like, hey, you really need to watch this. I was like, I got to see what this is about. I freaking love it. Yeah. I am I'm about halfway in, so I I can't I can't rate it like for sure for sure yet. So we're going to kind of do like a Perry Mason thing. This is okay. in progress. Yep. I will have it finished before our next, you know, recording and, and I'll give a final verdict. But so far I'm maybe like 5 episodes in or so. It is freaking excellent. If you like, you know, it's to me, it's it's in the vein of Upload on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime, which we talked yeah. about and absolutely loved. It has like a techie sci-fi type element, you know, where Stuff that we use day-to-day, common stuff that we can all relate to is just sort of taken up a notch, right? Like, yeah. Like, what if this permeated our lives a little bit deeper? The The relationship between her and her dad, played by Ray Romano, is ridiculous. And Ray Romano, and it's not even explained. Um, there's a great movie that cracks me up and I love very much. It's called Lars and the Real Girl. Uh, Ray Romano is the same. He has a sex doll who is his girlfriend. And so, you know, because his wife is, I don't know if she, I can't remember if she's dead or gone or whatever. But wife's out of the picture. So now Kristen Milioti is back in the picture and has to navigate this insanity. And, and just the way the town reacts to that in the same time that you're dealing with her craziness and all the stuff that she's going through. The show is excellent. I don't want to spoil any of it because it opens up like you are in the throes of it and you are learning things as you go. Um, but I just suffice it to say it's brilliant. It's brilliantly done. It is hysterically funny. I mean, it's not like you're not going to be like laugh rioting every 10 seconds. Yeah. But multi- my wife is super into it. Alyssa has been watching it with me and loves it. And, and that's a huge testament because she doesn't like a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. But we, every episode we watch, we we are cracking up from time to time. The story is good so far. It's interesting. It's engaging uh, and really well acted. Like everyone in the show plays their parts to perfection, and it's a really fun watch. So, uh, made for love on HBO Max. I highly recommend it. And uh, but reserving final judgment until I complete it. So the next time we record, I'll have my final verdict on this one. All right. But yeah, man, so far, great recommendation. Great recommendation from Peter. 
I will that will go on the list, and we will see where that ends up. What about you, man? What have you been uh, doing? <laughs> what's what's your bonus? Your bonus track. So a couple weeks ago, I I don't know. I have not listened to podcasts at all in the last five months now since the baby's been born. Right. I have fallen off my podcasts. I just it, except I, for this one, right? Except for this one. Every night when you go um, to sleep. Yeah. I just I, so I don't know if I'm getting my true crime, my you know, my lore, my stuff you should know. I'm not getting any of that. And right. at this point now I feel I'm so weighted down I don't want to dive back in and figure out. I just I, I, maybe I'm over it. I, I don't know. Like that feels now like a, officially a part of my before life. And <laughs> um so I went down I I, I went into a little bit of a documentary rabbit hole. Um, and by rabbit hole, I mean like, you know, a two inch deep rabbit hole. Cause I watched two documentaries, <laughs> but, uh, I kept hearing this, 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 uh, this ad, this trailer for a uh, documentary on Hulu about whether or not a Bigfoot killed two pot farmers up in, you know, the Emerald Triangle in California. Mm. And I'm like, I love me some Bigfoot. Who doesn't, you know, back in the day, I, you know, had a, a good thing going with, with Mary Jane for a while. And so mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, hey, this is like an intersection of two parts of my life. Let's let's see what this is about. Three episodes, not a big commitment. Flat out ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> there's... What was the giveaway, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> you don't really learn anything, except <laughs> you, you just are like... You, you learn nothing except what you already knew by the end of it okay what were you you... expecting to learn nothing (laughs) literally nothing (laughs) and that's why i watched it i really wanted to learn that a bigfoot didn't kill anybody and i'm just happy to learn that they didn't so this guy did this whole three-part documentary because he apparently is an established journalist and he's done some work with cartels and he's done other stuff and he puts himself undercover. And back in the day, in the early 90s, he was working in California and on a pot farm. And his like third night there, while he's like, you know, like up at this grow site where they like, you know, they drive you up there with the hood on so you don't know where you're going. And then you work for a couple of days. These guys bust in and they're like, dude, dude, we were just down at the site and, you know, a Bigfoot killed two guys. And apparently it's been eating him up for, you know, 30 years that he's like, these guys said a Bigfoot killed two people on the pot farm. Well, if you have any sort of idea about the war on drugs and whatnot, that stuff's nasty up in there. Like the illegal pot farms like are littered with booby traps, you know, federal agents, cops were getting killed and decapitated and seriously hurt by just, you know, you could be walking through the woods up there and stumble on a gross site and, you know, lose a body part because these things are like crudely bought, you know, booby trapped by Jethro and his cousins up there. Um, so it's not a safe environment, but you're also dealing with drug kingpins, right? Um, so then the second, ep- you know, the first episode, he, he spends all this time like talking to Bigfoot experts and they're like, nah, I never heard of no Bigfoot killing anybody. Pulls in big names. <laughs> Bigfoot experts said, I never heard of no Bigfoots. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> 
they're not real. <laughs> he talks to all of the major Bigfoot experts in the field. People, if you follow this stuff like that's, I do, you know, the guy thing. who's responsible for the Patterson-Gimlin footage from the 50s. That's like, you know, the one everybody knows where the Bigfoot's walking across the creek in the granny footage. Talks uh-huh. to that guy. Then the second episode, you go, he's like, maybe it wasn't a real Bigfoot. But I heard that there was a guy up there growing stuff whose name was Bigfoot Gary. So oh. then he spends an episode trying to crack down Bigfoot Gary, only to find out that Bigfoot Gary never lived up there during this time, and Bigfoot Gary never murdered anybody, only to come back in the third episode and be like, oh, yeah, this other drug kingpin, this cartel leader, he killed two Mexican guys because the Mexican cartels were sending guys up to take over the pot farms, and they thought a great way to scare them all off was to stage it and make it look like a Bigfoot ripped these two guys apart. There you go. I just saved you like three episodes of a documentary. Wow. Again, I wasn't looking for anything. I was looking for, you know, crap to film my lunch hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Pure ridiculous. Didn't learn anything. The second one I went into was much more interesting was about John Wayne Gacy. And this was on Peacock. Okay. And, I, you know, you're vaguely familiar with John Wayne Gacy. I think most people do know a little bit about him. You know, they, you picture him as a clown. Um, all that's a small part of his background. And, you know, he killed and buried young men underneath his house. Super interesting to learn that there is much more to do with this. Um, you know, from the perspective of these filmmakers, um, you know, they spend a lot of time going over his old interviews and jailhouse interviews and, He sort of admits to some of it, but he doesn't own up to all of it, which is weird for somebody who's been given a death sentence. You know, you're on death row. Why, you know, why are you being cagey after all these years? There's a very Trump-esque element to him where he's like, you know, I didn't do it. But he says all this strange stuff that makes makes him sound guilty. A very narcissistic element, maybe. Mm -hmm. He feels very familiar in that. But what was really fascinating to me was what seems like a giant miscarriage of justice on most multiple fronts. You know, this guy was, um, he was linked to a lot of missing persons cases. You know, you go through these police reports and last seen with John Wayne Gacy, last employed with John Wayne Gacy in multiple things. And the cops never pursued it, (laughs) you know, until they got some irrefutable evidence. And then they find 30 bodies under this man's house. Mm. And then even then when he goes to jail, the cops never followed up on potential f- future leads. They kind of were like, well, he's in jail. We don't really care if there's more bodies. You know, there's records of the police force in Chicago just saying, we don't want to deal with more bodies. And they made it look like they investigated further and they didn't. There's also a connection to a larger pedophilia ring where he might have been a low man in a child in, in, a, in a gay sex trafficking cartel. And he might have just been the one to take the fall for it. So it's super fascinating to learn uh, this additional stuff. Again, you know, not the lighter stuff that we were <laughs> right. talking about, but definitely aggravating um, and sheds a lot of light on something that I thought was pretty open and closed. Um, there's another one out there apparently about the the uh, son of Sam. and I did uh, hear about that one. I was yeah. like, eh, it's maybe enough for now, um, but... <laughs> Maybe I'll go back to it. Um, I definitely check out the Gacy one if that's something you want to learn a little bit more about. Like I said, it infuriated me to the point where you know he could have been stopped and maybe he wasn't the end of this. Um, 
the Bigfoot one, if you want to laugh, you know, maybe if you still dance in with Mary Jane and you want to have a good, you know, pizza night with your buddies and laugh hysterical, that's probably what it's made for. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, man. And again, just, you know, further emphasizing that Tim really does need the structure and direction yes. that this podcast offers. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that pretty much wraps us up for this week. We are so glad to be back, and uh, yeah. hopefully you guys are going to enjoy having us back. Um, next week's episode, we're going to air our previously recorded episode, Tombstone. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what we said in it. I don't know if we're going to make references to things that are about three months past due. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, it should be interesting. But in either case... We, you know, it's a movie that I have a rich history with. And so um, I've been super excited to air that episode and just feel terrible it's taken us so long. So next week will be Tombstone. Uh, Other than that, you can find us, as always, on the website, pausedreviews.com. You can find this episode exactly where you're listening to it now or anywhere Mm -hmm. podcasts are available. We're back on Instagram. You know, we're going to be back at it all week and from now on. So we'll have, you know, reviews coming up there. And you guys seem to really, really like the video content. So yeah. moving forward, we're going to try to to keep bringing you some of those, um, yeah. which should be fun and interesting. Send us your your requests, your recommendations. You can hit us up, do, uh, you know, DMs on Instagram. You can shoot us a message on Facebook or wherever. Um, you can shoot us an email, positivereviews at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All available to you. Uh, but we would love to start diving into some of that stuff, some of our listener requests, and, and the things that you guys want to hear about. Um, yes. So we're open to all that good stuff. Um, other than that, we're back on our regular schedule, episodes on Thursdays. We will not be taking any vacations or time off for a Ever while. <laughs> we, we have burned that bridge now. So, uh, so you can look forward to this every Thursday from here until the foreseeable future. Well, you know, until Christmas time when we go on our season break. Yep. <laughs> Other than yep. that, we'll be around. Um, that's it for me, man. Did I did I hit everything? Yeah, I yeah. think we did that. We got to get that, back that was... into the flow of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, as always, thank you guys for joining us. And I'm your boy, Frank. This is Tim. We'll see you guys on the next one. See ya. <laughs>